Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 701 with our review of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I'm Christopher Snazy. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest films coming to a theater near you. We are back uh, this week. We, we have a couple of different things that we're talking about. We have this film, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. We have a review of The Northman. And also, if, if we could still handle recording by the time we're done with those two reviews, we'll have a review of Duel, um, which also just came out in theaters this past weekend. But uh, yeah, we are, we're, we're here. We're back. We're doing it. We're doing it, Stephen. Yeah, I'm excited to have at least a Duel review and maybe a Duel review for the third <laughs> if we have time. I like it. Is there a three word for that? Like trio? I think Duel, there's no, that word doesn't generalize, right? I, I don't think it does, um, but uh, but yeah, what does what does generalize is uh, Nick Cage's <laughs> or Nick's Cage. Um, <laughs> we are here talking about a film where Nick Cage is playing himself. Um, so, Stephen, why don't we start by talking about our history with uh, Nicolas Cage? And uh, this is definitely not a conversation we had together while walking away from the theater when we saw this film. I knew you were but... going to do this to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, just in general. So, I mean, I. Nick Cage is one of those people that I feel like I know him very well. Like, I've obviously seen plenty of things, especially in, like, the 2000s and 2010s that he was in. You know, he was a common face, someone yeah. that I felt like I knew well. But when I actually look back and see the filmography that made him iconic, it mostly all is, like, action films that came out when I was too young to be allowed to see them, and they weren't quite acclaimed enough to be movies that in my, like, 20s I would consciously go back and yeah. watch again on my own accord. Uh, so things I have not seen by uh, Nick Cage. Uh, I have not seen The Rock. I haven't seen Con Air. haven't seen Face Off, but I do know that reference. <laughs> um, <laughs> I haven't seen these aren't action movies, but um, until this weekend, I had not seen Moonstruck, um, haven't seen uh, Leaving Las Vegas, a whole lot of Nick Cage that I do not know. I've mostly known him as the adaptation national treasure. Like when he became the guy who was already a known quantity and started playing with what that known quantity was, yeah. that is the only version of Nick Cage that I have ever really known. So it was interesting to come into this movie knowing the legend of Cage and like the over the topness that he is known for and the fact that his current career is very different than how he started um, yeah. but not actually having the background in his career it, I, I was kind of a blank slate I feel like I know him through pop culture but I do not know him from movies well enough at all how about you yeah I mean I, I'm I'm a, not all the way in that boat but I'm definitely partially there like the the rock is one of my favorite films of all time it, it is it is a film that uh I I recorded it when I was younger on like a free movie weekend for like HBO or whatever the other rival was for it at the time. And I watched I it was I had a double feature that I recorded and it was The Rock and it was the film Ransom. And I watched both those movies so many times. Um <laughs> but it, the rock is just something I've I've loved. Anytime I think about Mike Michael Bay. I, I think about The Rock being his best film. Anytime I think about Nicolas Cage, I think about 
The Rock because that was like my real formative time watching him. I've definitely consumed films with him over the years in them. Um, I'm a huge fan of National Treasure. I haven't seen a lot of the films that if you watch reels of Nick Cage on YouTube doing all his wildest moments acting and stuff like that. I haven't seen most of the films that are in those reels, right? I've just seen <laughs> some of them. Um, so for me, I have a fondness for him, but I don't have this love that a lot of other people have having consumed him over the years so much. Um, I'm definitely a fan of some of the stuff that I've seen of his lately, you know, Pig and things like that. Um, yeah, your but, number three and my number two? That sounds like it could be possible. <laughs> I think so. They, they um, were very high up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that, that that's a great film. I like him as an actor. Um, I think that sometimes his really, really wild things, I don't have the stamina to watch. Like, the the whatever the one was where he was in the suit with, like, the explosives attached to his junk, I, I got a ticket for that at one of the festivals. And because it was a remote festival, I just said, you know what? Maybe I can switch to something else. That's is in my that queue. what Color Out of Space is about? No, 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 no. It's not that one. It was uh, Escape I, from something. Maybe or I, I don't remember, but but it was it wasn't Color Out of Space. But yeah, so so I, I I like the actor. I definitely was very curious about this film. I did not watch a trailer for it. Um, I just knew like Nick Cage playing himself. I'm in. <laughs> like yeah. we'll see where this goes. Um, but yeah, so so I I, I enjoy Nick Cage. I I wouldn't say that I'm a diet diehard fan the way people who can like quote all of his things and know what every single reference is going to be related to and everything like that. Yeah. I think I, I need to go back and see his more just in general. I need to see more nineties trash. And I say trash lovingly. I don't actually mean the movies are all garbage. <laughs> I just mean like pulpy mainstream nineties action movies. They never, they never come up as a thing like, oh, you must watch this to have completed your, like, whatever. Uh, so, like, they never come up as the thing I'm going to watch over the weekend. Um, but I think I have to do that. I need to do my due diligence to connect the generational divide of me being just a few years younger and having missed when all the shit was on TV. I feel like I've yeah. missed out on a lot in my life. All right. Well, Stephen, are you ready to uh, get into this review? Let's do it. All right, let's take, let's take a listen to the trailer for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent and then come back and give everybody uh, a review. What's the worry here, Nick? You've lost some of your talent as an actor? No. <laughs> what did he say? He says he loves you, but he went in a different direction. I'm done. I'm quitting acting. Tell the trades it was a tremendous honor to be a part of storytelling and myth-making. Ah, oh, fuck, man, I'm driving through the hills. I'm sorry. One more time. We got another offer. It's a million bucks. It's to attend a wealthy gentleman's birthday party. I would never do that. It's the easiest gig ever. You play yourself. What do we know about this guy anyway? Is he into something strange? It's not like he's gonna want you to suck his dick or fuck his wife or watch you watch him fuck his wife. I wouldn't think so. Welcome to Mallorca, Mr. Cage. The guy that owns this house, what's his name? Javi. Is Javi gonna want me to, uh... I am Javi. Nick Cage. God, this place is stunning. What is your favorite movie? That's one of those questions that's impossible to answer. You can't just limit it to one. Imagine me and you, I do. Is it too much? Okay. Is this supposed to be me? It's grotesque. I'll give you 20,000 for it. I can't say love. 
position. I think that's the actor Nick Cage. Nick Cage? I love you. Have you seen Croods 2? I'm 44 years old. Why the fuck would I see Croods 2? I've seen Face Off and Con Air. What do you guys want? We're with Central Intelligence. Do you know who you're spending time with? One of the most ruthless men on the face of this planet. I need you to help the U.S. government. Let's kill this. Find a way into that room, Nick. I can see myself doing more of this stuff. I think I might have a real gift for it. Good, because we got another mission for you. No, 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 no. Your friend is working for the U.S. government. Don't lie to me. Are those my golden guns? They're my golden guns. I don't want to kill you. You're the last person I want to kill. I love you. I love you. I'm Nick Fucking. All right, so that was the trailer for The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Um, it is the story of a, a famous Hollywood actor named Nicolas Cage who uh, fails to land the dream role of his life and decides to retire from acting. But as one last job that he picks up before officially retiring, um, he is hired to go to a wealthy man's uh, birthday party. Um, and as he makes his way there... Uh, you know, lots of lots of wild things happen. Maybe we'll get into some of it. Maybe some of it will keep secret for now. I don't know. We'll, 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 we'll see where we go with this review. But uh, Stephen Miller, what did you think of the unbear- unbearable weight of massive talent? I, I thought this movie was a whole lot of fun. And I think it was a whole lot of fun, not in the way I expected. So I thought it was going to be I'm not going to say heady, like it was obviously going to be a silly movie, like even the trailer made it clear that it was going to be a, you know, a fun kind of zany adventure. But in my head, I was expecting, you know, I thought about being John Malkovich or adaptation, you know, the movie about writing a screenplay for a movie. Like, and I felt like this was going to be a way more of a commentary on Nick Cage's career. And I expected it to be a little bit more vulnerable in a kind of like I'm unpacking how it feels like to be an actor in the limelight. And it has hints of that. But what this really is, is Tropic Thunder or Seven (laughs) Psychopaths. Like this is like silly, wild, over the top, self-referential, just having fun at its own kind of crescendos of self-reference. And it does that in a way that I think translates perfectly well, even if, like me, you have not seen 90% of the movies it is referencing. Um, It does a great job up front of establishing the Nick Cage character, what the stakes are to him, where he is in his life. And it has enough comedy that doesn't hinge on you fully knowing every detail of him. Like, it, it is just fun for the ride. I think a person who did not know Nicolas Cage is a real actor would have a good time watching this movie, which is um, not a litmus test I ever expected it to pass or thought it should pass, but I think it totally does. Um, Cage is obviously having a ton of fun poking at his own self-image. Uh, there's a line reading at a restaurant very early in this movie that is just 100% leaning into the gonzo... Uh, you know, perception people have of him. Uh, This character is an exorbitant spender. He's taking gigs just to pay off his debt. He, you know, he is clearly playing with his own self-image in a way that 
I can't really think of a lot of actors being comfortable going this hard to the paint about themselves and doing it so joyfully. Um, but he is just a ton of fun, like the ups and downs, the mood swings, the heroic moves his character may or may not get to do in the real world or fantasy world, or I'm not going to spoil the movie, but you know, he gets to play a lot in this movie and it is really fun. And I did not expect him to be the second best uh, performance in the movie. <laughs> I'm but... glad you feel that way because I agree. Assuming what you're about to say. <laughs> Pedro Pascal is fantastic in this movie. He is such a scene-stealing, ridiculous... He is silly. He is earnest. He wears his heart on his sleeve. And he is also impossible to read for the viewer for most of the movie. And he is so much... He's so delightful <laughs> whenever he's on screen. And he matches Nick Cage's energy. He is, like, playing foil to him in one respect. And then he also is, like doubling down every time and upping the stakes and what they do and the, the the pattern between the two of them is just great and the dynamic the movie has a you know a real world plot of quote what is actually happening and then it has the subplot of these two people getting to know each other and brainstorming over a potential screenplay that might be a spoiler but i i think they talk about it in one of the trailers um yeah, you can bleep it if it isn't um the way they toggle between the buddy comedy and the, quote, bigger narrative about the movie, both Pedro and Nick are, like, able to be both of those characters from one scene to another. They just turn on a dime in a way that is very, very, very silly and very fun to watch. Um I was just smiling the whole time. There's a great Paddington reference that was clearly designed for Twitter. Um, I'm happy, <laughs> I, I think. Pedro delivers it well. Um, there's a wonderful drug trip scene in this movie, and I don't usually think the like classic two characters do drugs idea is all that funny. Like comedies love to mind that when they can't think of anything else to do. Yeah, Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage pretending to be on drugs. Like I could watch that for hours on end. It is, yeah, it is just wonderful. Um, and yeah, the, the movie basically goes full Tropic Thunder, and I think it is better for it i think with the people involved in this movie turning on the silly factor um like the moment i realized ike barinholtz and tiffany haddish were in this movie i kind of got the sense that oh we are in a comedy i'm not in a <laughs> self-referential kind of comedic indie movie like i am in a full-on yeah. comedy um and i think this movie does it well <laughs> Have you watched uh, the after party on Apple TV Plus yet? I didn't finish it. I watched a few episodes. Of okay, it. it was weird the context of like, yep her her character and that him being present and then how that translates to like this role. And I was like, I it like as soon as it happened, I was like, I'm loving this. This is so great. <laughs> I, I I thought about that too. I, I was trying to put my finger on what it was that made me think they should be together in that sort of role. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it it totally fits now with the show. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I guess what I'll say is, like, the movie, it was so much fun. I am so glad I watched it in a theater. I don't think it was moving or meaningful in a way that maybe, you know, adaptation or being John Malkovich or uh, other movies with long names, like Everything Everywhere All at Once that are kind of commenting on the fame of their star. Like, this is not doing that at all. This is a totally silly zany romp and that is all it is trying to do but i think it does it wildly successfully so i i had a lot of fun 
Yeah, I mean, I, I thought this film was fantastic. Um, like, I, I didn't watch trailers. I didn't read anything, didn't really hear anything. I was just, I you, I was sold by, like, the, the name of the film and knowing that Nick Cage is playing himself. And I went into it, you know, just being like, all right, I hope I hope I enjoy this. This could be fun. And I think that the the layers of the onion of what this film is doing is what makes it so great. Like, it, it's it's a simple premise, right? Like, the guy's playing himself. He's towards the end of his career i mean self-inflicted towards the end of his career and you know he's got to go do one last gig and the way that sort of unravels and starts to spin into something that becomes meaningful for him and like reinvigorates his uh love of the thing that he's willing to throw away because of the state of of where he has gotten himself to like there is there is an interesting story that is there, but there are so many other stories that are being just built on top of it and built on top of it and built on top of it that it just becomes it's it's kind of it's kind of like each new discovery of what's being added to the story just makes it that much more interesting. And each of these like four stories that are happening simultaneously are all individually good. Like, yes, they are heightened realistically. Like they're supposed to be sort of absurd and yeah. just this comedy thing, but they still work conceptually on their own. And then when you just put them on top of each other, it's like, okay, this is, this film is firing on all cylinders and I'm really, really loving this. Um, Nick Cage is doing a lot in this film. And I'm impressed by uh, like his willingness to play along. But I think what impresses me the most is kind of what you brought up is his willingness to sort of play second fiddle to Pedro Pascal. Like I like I almost felt sad while watching the movie because he was stealing the show so much. <laughs> like like you're coming on to this other guy's film where he's playing himself and you are in a way showing him up over the course of this film and it's not uh showing up as, as like a like i'm not directly comparing them because he is showing him up in playing into who he is himself it's like he is doubling down on everything that nicholas cage is doing to where youth like we are presented with nicholas cage as being a person who is obsessed with himself with his career with film in general and how that bleeds into every aspect of his life and he's willing to throw all that away because he thinks he's, he's over it. And then he meets a person who's even more obsessed with his career than he is. And just yep. the way that, the way that marriage of those two characters works together, it, uh, it just, it was so, it was so brilliant. It was so fun. And just, th this had to be an amazing film just to be a part of creating because you can tell they were having so much fun. If they're not having fun making this, then that is the best acting that's ever been on film <laughs> because yeah. it feels like they're almost mad if somebody else cuts because they're too enjoying what they're doing. Yeah, that is definitely. And, and whether that is, you know, a real friendship that developed for the movie or them just being incredibly good actors. Uh, it feels palpable on, on screen like this, whatever the plot of the movie is, this is a buddy comedy. Like, like this is two people finding each other. It is a bromance movie. Um, it, it is. There are two Nick cages in this movie. I believe the trailer <laughs> shows young, yeah. young, you know, eighties Nick cage talking to present day Nick cage. But really, the the other Nick Cage on his shoulder advising him is Pedro Pascal, who, like you said, is the one person who feels even more deeply than Nick Cage does about how vital every one of his roles were and how like important everything he does is to the world. And it it, it is just interesting that they do that, where they make it be like, it's Nick Cage 
and Nick Cage advising him on one hand, and then Pedro Pascal, who is more of a Nick Cage fan than Nick Cage on the other side. Yeah. And it it's it just very, very, very silly. And again, like this sounds like a movie that you would have to love every Nick Cage movie to be on board for. Like it sounds like a thing made for the fans. And I'm telling you, it does like almost none of the references were for Nick Cage movies that I have watched. And I still found them delightful yeah. because the in universe, they do a great job of explaining it. It, it is almost like in Tropic Thunder, the fake movies that they reference. Like yeah. if those had been real, but you still had that same introduction to them. So you knew to laugh when the thing happened. Like they do a very good job of bringing the audience along for the ride. Yeah. And, and like, you don't have to know the references. You can tell when he is slipping into performing like a film and you know, they're doing film stuff right now. And that like, he is the thing that he is slipping into is not in some ways a specific role, but into performing as an actor in the moment. And so it's like, it doesn't matter what he's referencing. Obviously you get benefit. If you understand what the reference is, you know that he is, he is switched on, but there, there are some cues that cause him to switch on that like yep. are hilarious because it doesn't even matter if the thing in that scene is referencing anything, it's just the performance of an actor in a moment is what is key to um, the, the enjoyment of what's happening in this film. Yeah. And I, I really enjoy, I get like this film has so much fun just making its own subtext text. Like I don't, I feel like the trailer doesn't give away the, the main action story of the movie. Uh, at least I didn't know about it, so I won't give it away either. Um, but the Nick Cage character himself keeps expressing out loud why his skill set as an actor makes him great for the secondary thing that he's also doing yeah. in a way that feels like it's just the the thesis of the movie. Like when they came up with the script, that was what they were going for. Yeah. But the way they just lean into it and have like him ramble on about why this is actually true for his character and everyone else has to humor it. I, I just found it all very, very, very fun. It, it's one of those turducken movies that it's just like here's everything we are putting in it it is going to be over the top it is going to be five layers deep and we are going to comment on every layer and it it was just really really silly yeah and not just comment on every layer they're paying off the joke of every layer as they move on whether it be like who his wife is or or yeah. or the surrounding narratives of the world and the state that those are in when they have to start playing into it like it's just it just it gets better and better and better and uh yeah i i, I love this film <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Quick, quick and easy. Is that, is that it, Stephen? Do you have any, any last I, I, thoughts? I think the, I, I just think the delights of this movie are better, not spoiled. Like, you know, it is a self-referential movie. You know, it is going to be silly. Enjoy the roller coaster Cause it will do a thing like 30 minutes in that will, if you're like me, will make you be like, what movie am I watching? <laughs> and I think that is the best way to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this is a great, this is a great audience participation film. I think it's, it's it's going to benefit from being present with lots of people. Um, so, you know, if you're if you're into going to movies, <laughs> this this might be the one for you. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure there are tons of Easter eggs for people who are adamant Nick Cage fans. Things that I didn't pick up on because they weren't underlined. Yeah. Uh, but even if you are not an adamant fan, they underline enough that you can have the joy as if you had seen the movie. Just because they they telegraph when it's coming, and I think they do a really good job of it. Cool. All right. Well, Stephen, should we get to verdicts? Sure. All right. If you're going to say must see, record with the caveat, wait for rental, pass with the caveat, or a must avoid, what would you give it? 
I went into this review planning on doing recommend with a caveat only because I feel like it it was so much fun, but it kind of felt when the movie ended, I walked away not feeling like I had had a full meal. Like I didn't have takeaways other than just that was so over the top, but I think being over the top can be its own reward and talking about it makes me bump it to a must see. I, I think this is, it is a fun enough hour and 40 something minutes that you will spend in the theater. It doesn't matter that it doesn't like change your life or make you rethink Nick Cage or do any of the things that maybe like a, a big meta movie would want to do. Just yeah. enjoy the ride. It, it is closer to Tropic Thunder or this is the end or like one of those things where they are just playing with their own image. And I think if you take it for that, you're going to have a blast. And Peter Pascal is so good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I, I need him to be in more movies now. <laughs> Not that he's in a dearth of things, but yeah. give me more. Yeah, it, 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 it's amazing, like how amazing he is in this film, and just thinking about how he couldn't save Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty, whatever year it was. He tried. He tried to save that movie. He did. He did. But <laughs> he was acting in this movie during Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Um, all right. Yeah. For, for me, I'm going to give the same must see. Um, I thought this film was fantastic. Um, you know, you're right. This isn't a film that is, it's not trying to be as deep as like pig is and like make you recontextualize your thoughts about who, what it is to be Nicolas Cage. Um, but I think, uh, this film, um, to, to, to paraphrase a certain character from the film, (laughs) this isn't a film that's supposed to teach you that Nick Cage is back. It's supposed to teach you that he never went anywhere. Yep. <laughs> That's going to do it for our review of The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. <laughs> um, Stephen Miller. Sure, I, I, I just have to comment now. I keep forgetting the name of this movie, and I think it's because of a famous book that I read in college called A Heartbreaking Work of Staggering Genius, which has the exact same cadence as the name yeah. of this movie. And I keep wanting to say A Heartbreaking Weight of something, and then I get confused. So I don't know if they were inspired by that title, but I feel like they might have been. But uh, but yeah, so that's the review. Um, Stephen Miller, if people want to find you throughout the week, where can they do that? Uh, people can find me at twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com. People can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl. You can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show. If you want to subscribe to the show, you can do so on Overcast, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever podcasts are found. If you want to know the episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning, facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning, or instagram.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com, or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come from a track selected from artist.io, so hopefully you are enjoying that. And uh, yeah, we're going to take off and... Uh, Get get cold for a review of the Northman. <laughs> I don't. Oh yeah, let's get chilly and then get hot. <laughs> All right, see you then. Bye. Bye.